Welcome into Inside the Pile on the Podcast. This is Chuck Zotta alongside Mark Schofield. And we've decided that we're going to do a daily podcast really to supplement what we are doing with our weekly one. The daily one's going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to be calling it Quick Kicks, and it's going to be about a 15-minute podcast every weekday. And so I would like to now welcome in my co-host, Mark Schofield. And Mark, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Another, you know, another new little uh, piece of content we get coming out. Yeah, it's, like it. uh, it's, I think, a pretty exciting time to be doing this also just because we are in the playoffs. And with that being the case, we obviously have quite a bit to talk about here. So uh, today I know we're going to be focused on the games in the AFC, looking at the wild card around here. And in particular, I think it makes sense just to start with the first game from the AFC wildcard weekend, taking a look at the Chiefs against the Texans. The Chief obviously blowing out the Texans really right from the first play. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at that game and you you just barely turned it on and open and kick off. Now Davis takes it out and you're thinking, oh, maybe he should have taken that out. He's taking that out kind of deep. Wait, Mike Tirico just said he's gone. He's gone. He might as well. Tirico could have said he's this is over. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the game is basically over at that point. And he was pretty much, he was out right from the beginning, pretty much cleanly away within about 15 yards of taking the ball out of the end zone. So it wasn't a case where you're looking at this saying, okay, is he going to have to reverse field? I looked at that play. I took a look at it on tape. And the big thing I really came away with was there was a tremendous double team right at the point of attack that he pretty much ran right off of. And he read the block absolutely perfectly there. There was one block And it was coming from, I believe it was either the R4 or the R5 coming down the field, who I believe did actually get blocked in the back. Probably should have been called, wasn't called. I'm going to be breaking it down a little bit later this week once we have the full All-22 video, just because to this point, only have the uh, access from the broadcast, actually. But it did look like there was a block in the back, and that's something uh, that, unfortunately, for the Texans, you know, you can't get that back. But regardless, you look at that that play, it pretty much put the game out of reach right at the outset there. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the double-team block on R3, I think you said. Uh, is that something that, you know, is a standard that you see on kind of, you know, kick returns? Or is that something that maybe Kansas City saw in film? They saw, hey, you know, whoever, I don't know who R3 was on this play, but maybe there's a chance to, you know, if he's their primary wedge breaker, get a double on him, not, and Davis can work off of that. I think generally when you're talking about this far along in the season, most teams have their base uh, schemes that they run on special teams, but you'll definitely see a little bit of customization week to week. And I think that's probably what you saw here was that Kansas City said, look, this is a weak spot for the Texans. This is a weak spot that we're going to be able to exploit. I don't think they expected to pick up a touchdown on the first play, obviously, but I think they said, look, we could probably turn this into 35 or 40 yards off the kickoff here. And the other thing that I need to look at once we do get that full all 22 out here is is what happened with the safeties on that play. Because kickoff coverage, you're typically talking about having at least two safeties. Generally, the out, outermost players are your safeties there. And you didn't see anyone who was really in a second line there to be able, not even just to make a play, but just force the play to the sideline just to to minimize the damage even. Yeah, and that was the amazing thing. Like, you know, when Tariko said so quickly that he was gone, there, there was nobody back there. You'd expect to see, I mean, teams do it differently, as, as you know, this probably better than, much better than I do. You know, having, you know, maybe an L5, you know, trail the play, having the kicker you expect to be the safety. But there, I mean, there was literally nobody there. 
it, it was quick, and, and there was no one there. I need to see if the safety perhaps folded in too much, if he was up too close to the play. I don't really know right now. I haven't had a chance to dig into that yet just because that all-22 is not yet out. But I do think that's something that was critical uh, on that play there. The other thing that, that I want to talk about is the, the Chiefs' defense is, you know, again, the, the Texans came in, and this is a team that they showed it a number of times. They've gone through, you know, a number of quarterbacks and a number of quarterbacks that aren't very good this year. You're talking about the Brandon Whedons of the world having multiple opportunities. But the Chiefs still pitching a shutout against any team in the playoffs. It, it says something, even if you're facing a team with, you know, a quarterback who's had his struggles and some concussions this year and really one primary option with, uh, with Hopkins being the key option for the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know if this was a case of Kansas City's defense really pitching the shutout or, you know, taking advantage of a team that had limited offensive weapons. I mean, think about we saw, you know, J.J. Watt taking a wildcat snap running behind Vince Wilfork. <laughs> what what happened? What's, what, what, is, is that just getting a little bit too out of the box in, in a sense? In a sense, maybe, especially, you know, we're hearing now that Watt's going to need surgery, he had a groin issue that's bothering him, and it finally kind of, you know, really gave out on him later in that game. I mean, if that's what you're turning to, if you're Bill O'Brien and you're thinking, look, you know, we, we got to try this, we got to give this a shot, it just kind of shows you the hand that he was dealt, you know, entering that game. I mean, Hoyer, three really bad interceptions in the first half of this Terrible. game. I mean, they had, you know, six offensive possessions in the first half, technically seven because they had a kneel down to end the first half. But six, you know, legitimate offensive possessions, three of them ended in interceptions. And, you know, one was, you know, the, the Eric Berry interception. It looked like Berry's down on a robber alignment. Again, we don't have the all 22 yet, but it looks like he drops down. Hoyer misses it. Red zone pick. Hoyer tries to be cute, looks right, looks left, tries to hit, running back over the middle, tries to squeeze it into a tight window between two linebackers. That's picked. And then he takes a deep shot to Nate Washington and overthrows it into double coverage. It's basically a punt. I mean, and you said it. You know, Hopkins was basically the one main threat that they had. I mean, not a lot of options there for Bill O'Brien to really work with. I mean, and again, when you've got the idea that we'll run J.J. Watt on a designed quarterback power behind Vince Wilfork, we're bringing two defenders to play offense on the goal line, it speaks to what you're doing. It, it, it does. And on the other side of the ball, when we talk about Kansas City's offense, obviously the defense, look, you can say it was them, it was Houston, but we know the defense is at least capable, and it's been a strong unit the last couple of years. Yeah, it has. Offensively here, though, for Kansas City, I have to say I was very impressed with what I saw from Travis Kelsey in particular. This is a guy who I know you've talked about him earlier this year, but I was impressed just with the variety of different setups they, they showed with him. It wasn't just a case where you're just running one or two routes down there. They had him running routes near the line of scrimmage, downfield, outs, in. I mean, you had a number of different options there. And, and I think that's a real weapon when we talk about the rest of the playoffs and what he's able to do there. Definitely. And one of the plays that kind of stood out for me for Kansas City was, you know, when after Macklin got hurt, they scored a touchdown to Chris Conley, the rookie from uh, Georgia, I think. And what they basically did was the, there was a red zone play. They came out. Smith was under center. And they've got 13 offensive personnel, three tight ends to the right side of the field. And it stood out to me because, you know, remember these two teams faced off to open the season. You know, and I actually broke down kind of what the Chiefs did to get Kelsey open against the Houston Texans in week one. And one of the things they did was they came out in that formation, 13 personnel, three wide, three tight ends to the right, and they got Kelsey isolated on Kareem Jackson, a cornerback on a post route. Well, they show that same formation 
they run play action, and then they throw the backside sort of a skinny post to Conley for a score. And it's just, it's just a good example of a team that shows us somebody, you know, something on tape early in the season. They get a chance to go against them in the playoffs. They show them the same look, try to maybe take advantage, get the defense thinking, oh, they might be throwing a Kelsey. We saw this before. And then that backside of the defense kind of falls asleep for a second, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, and this is a uh, unit that is going to be going into New England now, uh, facing a Patriots defense that we're not quite sure who's going to be healthy at this point, and that's going to be a question mark. But definitely, tight ends have given the Patriots some trouble over uh, over time. We'll see if they do have some of their linebacking core back and at full strength dealing with that next weekend. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think the Macklin injury, uh, we're recording this now on Sunday. We, don't, we haven't gotten word yet on his the extent of his knee injury. You know, that's a big one for Kansas City. Because if, if he can go, it gives him more options in the passing game. But if it's if he's out, then you know they'll be limited somewhat. And you know what Bill Belichick likes to do? He likes to take away your best weapon when you're an offense. So you can imagine if Macklin's limited or if he's out, you can imagine what they'll be rolling towards Kelsey next. I think they play Saturday, so next yeah, Saturday. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be Saturday, I believe, at uh, 4.30. And let's go over now to the other game in the AFC. Uh, if you tuned into this and thought you were watching a UFC fight on a Saturday night, you probably were not alone. This was uh, a pretty physical tilt, to say the least, between Pittsburgh and and Cincinnati, what stood out to you aside from obviously uh, the, the multiple headshots that we saw on both sides of the ball here? I mean, should we just cut to the last five minutes of this game or so? I mean, <laughs> might as well. Might as well. I mean, you know, what, what stood out really was you thought, okay, look, Bengals just don't, they can't seem to be moving the ball. AJ McCarron struggling, glove on, glove off. The conditions were bad. But then he throws what looks to be the game. You think it's probably the, the game winning score. I mean, he's got. A.J. Green on a nice slant corner route where, you know, he starts inside on the slant, breaks vertically, then breaks to the outside. It's covered two. It's the right read, right throw, touchdown. They miss a two-point version, but it's 16-15. And then, you know, Roethlisberger's hurt. He's got that what looks yep. to be a shoulder injury. He's in getting lock, x-rays in the locker room. He comes back out to the sideline, but doesn't come out for the next series. And so it's Landry Jones' drive. And what does he do on the first play? <laughs> what do you throws expect? What do you expect? <laughs> it's exactly what you'd think. He throws the pick. So you're thinking, okay, even though Vontez Burfick, you know, is down by contact, thankfully, because he ran it the wrong way into the end zone, it could have <laughs> yep. potentially been a safety, which would have really, really changed the course of that game. But okay, now you're thinking, all right, since he's got this game one, then they fumble it. Okay, they bring Roethlisberger in now. He can barely throw the ball 20 yards, but somehow – he gets them into field goal range. And how does he do that, Chuck? Very carefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very carefully. Very um, carefully. And with a couple of assists along the way, you can say. Well, t- talk to me a little bit about the, essentially that last drive right there. Okay? Because I'm looking at the play-by-play here. And, and, and just to recap how crazy this actually was is, you know, you talk about what led up to here. And you're talking, what, what do you have? Is it two penalties on that one play from? Yeah, it's, it's the two personal foul penalties. Yeah. You've got the, you know, perfect. Basically, with the shoulder into Antonio Brown, who's a defenseless receiver at the yep. time. I don't think anybody really has a problem with that call. No. And, and, and then when Brown's down on the turf, Joey Porter, who played in a couple of Cincy Pittsburgh games during his career, was an aggressive player on the field, ferocious defender. He's out, a coach, and he comes out on the field to check on a very clearly injured Antonio Brown, who's it doesn't look good at the, at the time. And then Chuck... 
he somehow finds himself in the midst of the defensive huddle as he's slowly winding his way back to the sideline. <laughs> and you, I saw this on Twitter. You probably saw it too that somebody was talking in the buildup to this game that, you know, from the Pittsburgh side saying, look, you know, we're in their heads. We're in Cincinnati's heads. And if they forget that, Joey Porter will remind them. And then it looked like he certainly reminded them because words were exchanged. Pac-Man Jones throws a shove or a punch in the direction of Joey Porter, the coach. Yep. And out comes the second flag. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. In terms of Porter being out there, obviously you can talk about whether it's okay for him to be out to begin with. At the end, though, clearly it wasn't in the right place. Am I wrong? I, like I said, I mean, when you watch the replays of it, you see Porter surrounded by what looks to be basically that at least half of the Bengals' defense. So, you know, it's not like they suddenly surrounded him. He probably took... We'll probably need the all 22 on this as well. I don't know if we'll get the in between plays. I haven't checked, but I'm curious to see the route that Joey Porter took from the side of Antonio Brown towards back towards the Cleveland bench because something tells me there was a little bit of what we call back when I was practicing law a frolic and detour. You know, when you're talking about uh, an employee who's using the company car and he gets in an accident, well, was he doing company business or was he taking a little frolic and detour, you know, maybe making a run to get something to eat? And that's when he got in the accident. So he really wasn't working for you at the time. Well, did Porter frolic and detour on his way back to the sideline? That's what I'm curious to see. Yeah, and I'll I'll be curious to see as well if that uh, is out there on film as to exactly what happened when we talk about pittsburgh now heading into next week we don't have any update on the status of ben roethlisberger yet, no, do we you, i haven't seen anything on roethlisberger yet i haven't seen anything on antonio brown yet i mean you know when we talked about the this pittsburgh steelers team before the playoffs started we thought you know maybe the two six seeds in both conferences were pretty dangerous teams but if you've got a beat up roethlisberger who again on that last drive couldn't really throw the ball downfield if you got you know a, an injured antonio brown who had some sort of head injury on that perfect hit and if he's limited or can't go it's a very different team that's going to be making that trip to denver if you've got a healthy roethlisberger and a healthy antonio brown that Pittsburgh team can go into Denver and can win, I think. But if those two guys are limited, probably not. Yeah, and the, the other thing you have to remember is when we talk about the Pittsburgh rushing game, yes, they were able to put up 167 yards against a pretty good Cincinnati front here. But you have to remember, if you don't have the threat of Roethlisberger and Brown, you don't necessarily right. have that running game right. with, with open field to run at. Yeah, because if it's Landry Jones back there, you can stack the box. You can go cover zero. You can, you know, basically say, come on, Landry, beat us with the arm. Because exactly. we will take the run game away from you. Exactly. So we do have, uh, it's going to be a couple good games coming up next week. As we mentioned, uh, that first one, the Chiefs facing off at New England. That's going to be at 4.30 uh, next Saturday, I believe. We also do have that other game, the Steelers heading over to Denver. That is going to be the later game, I do believe, there. Uh, that's going to be at, uh, actually, that's going to be on Sunday. I'm sorry. That's going to be Sunday at 440. And obviously, that does have some question marks based on what we uh, are going to find out about Ben Roethlisberger here. But, Mark, I think that uh, pretty much wraps up everything for these two games here. I, th- I think we've, you know, hit the big points. Outstanding. Well, Thank you all for listening. We will be back tomorrow with our breakdown of the NFC wildcard round. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield for ITP, the podcast Quick Kicks. Signing off. We'll see you tomorrow.